mean what you mean. You're listening to the UK Lock-In. Hey, I'm Bree Steele and this is the UK Lock-In where I talk to all the biggest and best UK artists from all eras, all genres, because I just bloody love UK music. Today on the show, we have MC from West London. His name is Jelani Blackman. And as you can probably tell from my chat with him, I am a genuine fan. I love his brand new EP. It is called Lockjaw. Please go and check it out. It is so good. It is just kind of gritty and sexy and it'll make you dance and... I can't get enough of it, if I'm completely honest. Um, He called in from London and he was just so lovely and charming and honest. And yeah, I found him really inspirational. As you know, I'm a bit obsessed with authenticity and confidence and how people find the confidence to be themselves. And yeah, he's just a really cool, calm, collected cucumber. And let's just get into it. But wait, before we do, would you mind pretty please subscribing and rating this podcast just so we can get some even more cool people on the show. I mean, we've already got amazing artists on the show. Lily Allen, Wiley, Charlie XCX, Lady Leisha, the Skinner Brothers, Ms. Banks. The list goes on and on. So yeah, anyway, that's enough of that. That's boring. Let's get into my chat with Jelani Blackman on the UK Lock-In. We have Jelani Blackman. Hey. Yo. How you doing? Good morning. Yeah, I'm good. Good morning. Good evening. Yes, it's early in the morning there, kind of late-ish in the evening here in Australia. God love yeah. a time difference. Yeah. Um, where yeah. are you? Where are you calling from? Right now I'm in my room. I just, you know, I was looking out my window a second ago, but it's freezing here. So, uh, actually, you didn't tell me before. Uh, what's the deal with swearing? Oh, oh right, um, yeah. Totally. I love swearing. We can swear. I swear, like I say, we are fucking freezing here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just out my window, but then I thought, nah, I'm not feeling it. So, like, inside again. Well, it's sunny, though. It's th- it was 35 degrees here today. Uh, you snake. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot and sunny, and. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah so. Hello, you are a rapper, and would we say producer? I would say producer, because you produce some of your own music, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're a rapper from West London in England. Um, And I just, okay, so I'm a genuine fan of your music. Got a brand new EP called Lockjaw. And I keep waking up with Lockjaw, the song, in my head all the time. That's uh, that's great news. Okay, I just want to get straight into it. Your sound, your music does not sound like anyone else's. And that is a consistent thing I'm finding with artists in the UK at the moment. No one artist sounds like any other artist, which is really unique because I think in America, people tend to all sound the same. In Australia, you know, there's a definite sound. But in England and the United Kingdom as a whole, not so much. Like, How long did it take you to find your sound and did it come naturally or did you have to work on it? Mm, it I feel like it's finally kind of come through and consolidated into what I've always wanted it to be it, with this Lockjaw EP because... For me, I, I was part of that thing of not having a sound for time. Like, that's always been the case for me. But when I first started making music, that wasn't really a thing. Like, I was... So with 23, the first song that I put out, that was, like, what, like three, four years ago now. And people were like, oh, right, yeah, this 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 is sick. This doesn't sound like anything, can it? And it kind of popped. And then I realised that, yeah, cool. 
this isn't exactly what I want to make though. So I took a step back and started. I I just carried on playing around, and I think at the time a lot of people were like, "Oh, we don't understand. We don't know where we should put him. We don't know what category he fits into." And it, it made it difficult for me, definitely, to kind of consolidate and settle into where I wanted to be at, and also for people, for listeners, and, and people that wanted to know who I was to kind of work it out. But in the last couple of years, there's been a really strong movement, like amongst, like you said, amongst a lot of people in the UK, where we, people are just making whatever they want, and and now I, f- I fit into that. I fit into the kind of we just all sound how we sound, as opposed to having to fit into like, oh, he's grime, he's uh, hip hop, he's dance, whatever. Like that's how, that's how it's gone. Yeah, I love that, and actually, I'm really glad you brought up 23 because you know I've kept an eye on your career over the last couple of years, and I'm really impressed by you because you seem so cool, calm, and collected, and clear in like who you are. And in your vision, because I know you mentioned that you, from your success from your track 23, you had a lot of success, but you didn't want to just keep releasing music for the sake of it. You wanted to have a clear vision. Where does that wisdom yeah. and com- like confidence come from? <laughs> uh, I think it comes from not being able to do anything else, really. like I, I would be lying to you if I said that I was always 100% sure about the path that I was on I think a lot of it came from me being sure that all right cool, cool. so you know five to eight five to eight EP yeah that after really was the moment after one to four yeah so like those those numbers I've, I've always said like basically they were just two EPs where I put out songs that I felt were songs that I liked they were never my vision as a whole and they never represented me as a whole I just I just love making music that was the music that I had made at the time, so I put them out as songs. Um, but then at the beginning of five to eight, there's, I put out "Not You," and uh, there's a line in it that's like, uh, "I don't know who I am exactly, but all I know is that I'm not you." Basically, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I think it comes from that. It just comes from I'm just I'm not always 100 percent sure exactly where my path is, but I'm I know that it's mine. So whatever I'm doing at the time has to be right. I love that. You've just kind of blown my mind a bit. Because <laughs> I know, you know, you're in your 20s and being in your 20s is not easy, especially, you know, you feel like you need to be someone else, especially with, you know, Instagram and stuff. You get a bit of FOMO. Yeah. I mean, I get major FOMO. I mean, I feel like most people yeah, do. Yeah, I'm the worst. Oh, mate, I'm. it's so bad. But I just feel no, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just really refreshing <laughs> to hear someone who's so, you don't seem desperate. Can I just say, you know, with social media, there's a lot of desperation in the air. You can smell it. You can taste it almost with certain people, but you don't seem desperate to make it. Like you're on the up. Like, are you having fun? You seem relaxed in yeah, it. Yeah, I'm having the most fun that I've ever had. This. <laughs> it is. I, um, I won't go into like details, but I, uh, I'm literally in the best, best place that I think I've been in ever with music, really. Like I, uh, after this, the, the EP took a lot of work, not, weirdly the least amount of work musically because something just clicked during last year and I was like okay cool this is this is me and uh I thought all right now that I have the music everything else just is starting to fall into place and I've got so much music for this year I'm guessed I uh I've got the next single coming in March and then just music for running through the rest the rest of the year and it feels to me like a time where it's just stepping up and and the energy is different. Like I just keep meeting people and they're like, right, oh, you just, the energy just, energy just feels there now. It just feels like you are, you've, you've been bubbling and you, and you took your time, which I'm glad that I did because 
I could have, I could have been like a, a neo soul kind of whatever it was that people started to say I was like a Frank Ocean guy from Twenty to Three. But I just knew that wasn't me. I got, I got too much hype. <laughs> I'm from, I'm from London, and I uh, that I'd, I want to say aggression, but it is aggression. Like that kind of <laughs> hype and aggression is, is, is there. And part of the reason that it took a while to come back is because I went to uni, came back, and I was chilled. And then I spent, <laughs> spent some years back in London. I'm like, okay, cool, this is me. And that's why the music that I make now feels feels the most like me. Honestly, I'm obsessed with authenticity and confidence. But I really think when people are their most authentic selves, that's when they're, they're most powerful. And I mm. think when they make the best stuff, and it sounds like you've just clicked. Because um, I spoke to Lady Leisha, and she had to take some time away to get to know who she was. And she did, mm. and she came back with the Queen's speeches and just killed the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like there's a lot of power in knowing who you are. And I was really curious, actually, because I had never heard your speaking voice before. In your music, your voice changes from song to song. Sometimes it's really kind of deep and kind of gritty and almost like gigs, but like a deeper version of gigs. But then it gets kind of soft and raspy. And actually, your voice really is as deep as it is in your music. It's not put on. <laughs> no, it's not fun. No, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's like that. People always ask us because I used to session a lot as well when I, went, when I was working on new music. And they're like, oh, right, it actually is like that. I'm like, yeah, it's not. That's awesome. Do you know what? I always used to get sent the weirdest shit. Because people were like, oh, no, he could probably do something with that. I was like, mm. yeah, I, I, I definitely could. And I do like that. I think. I, there was a time when I, p- I really pushed myself because I was so used to doing just straight hip hop. I just I pushed myself to to see what I could really do, and I worked with some really interesting people, and it it pushed me out of my comfort zone. But it almost pushed me so far that you know sometimes if if you go so far you lose the sense of what it was that you were you were doing in the first place. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, but. I, again, that's, I suppose that's an element of authenticity because you have to uh, you have to come. If what's it? What's the expression? If you love something, let it go, and and if it does, it'll it'll come back. So if it, if, amen. So it came back. It came yes, back. no, I <laughs> yeah. love that because um, you're because oh, I actually heard a really good song that you featured on today, and oh, I've, it's literally just slipped out of my head. But it was a completely different track. I can see the album artwork; it's kind of like orangey yellow. I'm going to find it right now as we speak. But I want to say, um, you, yeah, you're not afraid of genre bending, which I love. But also, I saw you play saxophone on stage the other day. What? Mm. Like, that is yeah. so random and I love it because I don't see anyone else, any other MCs playing saxophone on stage. Um, how long have you been playing sax? Is that kind of where you started your musical journey? Yeah, kind of. I also started when I was like nine. Love so, it. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. I um, but then I left it. I didn't play sax for time. I, I was in a band when I was in. Ah, oh, I'll give you a, a quick, quick overview. So I, I started playing sax when I was about nine. I always loved to sing, but like, I couldn't really. And my voice was so high. People used to call me squeaks. It was mad. <laughs> it was mad. <laughs> um, and then I went. Yeah, and then and then Graham. Obviously, I was like first generation grime stuff so I, that was the music that I knew that was what I came from so I uh that's where I started making like rapping and emceeing and I was in a band which was just kind of mixed more hip-hoppy and then 
the sax just kind of got left to be honest with you i didn't i didn't bring it in i, I still played it but I, I never really thought to bring it into to music because it didn't fit into it. everything i was doing was too hard um and then yeah and then i started working and like i said working with a couple of people that maybe push myself and i thought shit yeah the sax probably has a lot to say it's really <laughs> so cool thanks yeah so, <laughs> so it's on it's on repeater and then it's on another couple of tracks but it's it it will it'll keep coming now it's not going anywhere and I, I always play it live i love playing it live it's so common i think so i mean i'm i can't play music to save my life but so many of my friends who were made to learn you know saxophone and trombone and you know, violin, they kind of rebel against it as teenagers and then now it all comes back. Like, it's cool now. Yeah. You own it. But it was Sweetness, that track that I love that you're on, Sweetness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good track. Um, anyway, so I want to know, you are the face of Tommy Hilfiger in the UK. Okay. <laughs> How did that happen? Are you also a model? Uh, do you know what? It's mad. Until you just said it, I forgot that that was a thing that happened. <laughs> it was... um. It was yeah, it was massive. I loved I loved them. They've been so nice, and it kind of came from it came from music. Like it wasn't I didn't then I was walking down the street and got scouted. They uh, they heard and kind of were aware of what I was doing, and it came from kind of a connection with Clash that I'd done something for them, and then and then yeah, that it just it went from there. And so I I did two things for them last year, which was sick. I'm, like I I hope there's more to come because there's. There's a lot. I like I like what they're doing, and I feel like a few people have have done it with with musicians. But I I really feel like they've they've backed, especially me, because at the time I was kind of in the middle of music. I was still obviously doing stuff, but I feel like they they backed what I was doing, and and now this year everything is going to start coming through. And and I wrote that they were there before. Before right everything on. started kicking off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because I am a huge IMDDB fan, and I know that she did a campaign yeah. with you too, which I was yeah, very yeah, excited yeah. about. I yeah. <laughs> love her. She's brilliant. So, yeah, I think Tommy Hilfiger are very ahead of the curve, which I love. They got, you know, Remon as well, she, who did the last one as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. They really have nailed the artists that they've got alongside. It's very sick. They really have. Obviously not speaking for myself. No. But like, <laughs> you know what? It's okay to big up yourself. Like, it's okay to know your <sighs> worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But I want to talk more about Lockjaw because it's been on repeat for me. And is it true that you have, syn- oh, I can never say it right, synesthesia? Yeah. Like, you can hear. I didn't, but you know, I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I didn't know that that was happening. I, it, it was a weird one. I, I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I fully, when I hear stuff, I do see colors and and I see them as colours, and yeah, uh, it, it was—it's always happened to me, and I didn't realise until kind of—I can't remember when the first time I said it was, maybe a couple of years ago, a year ago. But it did—it really caught me when I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, that's been happening for ages." So lockjaw, like I always—I see it as blue, and I think the—I um, hear it as blue, even if that makes sense. I know it doesn't really, but I no, do. It I, does. I hear it as, yeah, <laughs> um, and it's really nice. Like it's a nice way of engaging with stuff because you feel really submerged in it um like with fashion i I've, i always heard it as red and when i was trying to describe it to someone i was chatting about a video i think it, that was when it became really apparent to me that that's what it was because i heard fashion and it didn't i didn't even think twice it, it, it must have been so second nature to me because 
I'd always heard it as red. And when someone said it, I was like, oh, yeah, have I never said that out loud before? Cause it, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's really cool. I think, like, a lot of really talented musicians have that. And it's so fascinating to me. Um, but it makes sense. And that makes sense because the Lockjaw EP is blue. Mm. And also, is that, do you really have that tattoo on your lip? No. <laughs> that was... <laughs> No, it's funny as well. My uh, my mum didn't speak to me for the whole day when it came out. She always usually texts me when she sees music to come out. She didn't say anything. I was like, that's weird, like, because I know that she's seen this come out. And then like a couple of days later, when I I um I spoke to her on the phone, and she was like, uh, is that? Yeah, she she avoided it for time. She's like, I didn't. I was like, so I've seen your new. She's like, is that tattoo? I was like. <laughs> no, don't worry. She's, like, she's just like, oh, thank God. Like, I, I literally couldn't speak to you until, until I'd processed it. Um, no, it's not, it's not real. Okay. Because uh, that would be commitment yeah. to your vision. <laughs> that would be, it would be neck level. It would. But they come off as well, you know. Lip tats, they come off quick. Yeah, my friend's got one. She got one a few years ago and it's almost pretty much gone now. Yeah, I don't know if I could, I could deal with it for her. Uh, for the temporary pain. I don't know if I could deal with the pain. of. I hate my stuff. I had braces when I was younger. So needles just need to not go anywhere near there again. Yeah. <laughs> no. That pain from braces. I had braces too. That pain, like any mouth pain, mm. it just triggers me back to being in the orthodontist yeah. chair. It's horrible. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not about that. I'll attach anywhere else, but mouth, they have to, they have to get left. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not about that life. Um, doing research about you, I found you to be a very interesting person. Your music taste is so diverse. And I heard you mention um, Oasis a lot and John Mayer, Scissor, Mist. Who were you listening to when you made Lockjaw? Or can you not listen to music while you're making music? Yeah, I'm bad. I don't really listen to music when I'm making music. I think that's, a, that's part of it as well. That's part of the reason that it always comes out kind of different as well that I'm a lot better than I used to be especially in, in the period of time when I made 1 to 4 and 5 to 8 I was hardly listening to anyone and it actually was bad because it I think it limited me in a way there's a lot to be said for drawing on inspiration from like not just old stuff because obviously that's always there the music you grew up with is always there but kind of drawing on inspiration of, of people around you that you like and, and just feeling a vibe of a general zeitgeist but yeah I didn't do it but I don't know. I, I wasn't listening to anything specifically. I probably was listening to Mr. around then, to be honest with you. And you, I was listening to a lot more UK stuff, actually, during during the time that I made Lockjaw. But Lockjaw took two different forms. I wrote it, and then it got produced after. So I already knew the energy that I wanted. But there was nothing There was nothing that I heard that I was like, oh, cool, I like that sound. And then Lockjaw came out of it. And what's your... So quick question. What's your songwriting process? Is it lyrics and then beat or beat and lyric together like what's the vibe what's your process usually it's both at the same time i like being in sessions and and writing with someone so like the people that i work with now like i'm quite close to because i've known them for a while so it, it feels really natural we get into it really easily so he'll start something and then i'll start writing that's how it that's how it tends to work Love. I don't really write to beats. Yeah, I used to write to beats when I was a lot younger in, in grown days, but I, I don't really do it anymore. Or, or if I'm writing something, then I will make the beat first. I won't really write. I won't produce something and then write it at the same time because then I'll get distracted <laughs> and I won't finish it. <laughs> nice, because yeah, I'm always fascinated because every artist does everything completely differently. So I love mm. that. 
Um, also, last question. Well, second last question. Um, <laughs> what are you looking forward to most this year? What, like, when you envision your dream life, what do you see? What, what are we going to see from you in the future? Let's manifest it. Let's talk it into existence. Yeah, cool. Shutting down a show in Australia. Soon. Yes. That's, that's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be about. That's a. Uh, that's what I see. That's that's what I see, and uh, I can see it coming. It's good. The music this year, just. I'm. I can't lie to you. Obviously, I'm guest, but I'm very, very happy with it, and I just know that it's at a point now where I've done enough for things to start running and start playing really. And once I once once I'm out playing live, there's so I got shows coming up. But when they start hitting different places, and I want to be around the world playing music. That's what that's that's what my dream life is, my ideal life. And then coming back and chilling back in London in my penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. And you know, what? there's absolutely no reason why that can't happen because it sounds like no. you've put in. Because I think a lot of people see the fame and the glory, but they don't see the hard work that goes in. You know, honing your craft and knowing who you are. So I reckon, I reckon it's going to happen. But I'm really excited for you to come to Australia. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the UK Lock-In. I'm so grateful that you came on and that we were able to introduce you to Australia. Yeah, no, good. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it a lot. Key bang lotro. I hope it stays in your head. Do you hate it? (laughs) Well, yeah, I hope that happens too, but I don't think I'll hate it. It's too catchy. No, keep it in your head until you're you're done and then just move on to the next next track in the EP. Yeah, and then then by then your next EP will be out, so I can get that stuck in my head. (laughs) Exactly. There you go, that's the plan. Don't you just bloody love him? Isn't he just so charismatic and just down to earth? I love him. Um, that was Jelani Blackman here on the UK Lock In. Make sure you follow Jelani on Instagram and Twitter. Just search Jelani Blackman. And also, oh, I completely forgot to mention, I'm really kicking myself. He has amazing music videos. And make sure you go check them out on YouTube because they're all so visually appeasing. And would you mind please following UK Lockin on all social media platforms and chuck me a follow, Brie underscore Steel. Let's hang out. Let's chat. Let me know what you're loving and let me know who you want to have on the show. They can be a well-established, well-known artist or an artist on the rise because I just love promoting and celebrating UK music and culture. Um, oh, make sure you subscribe because I have exciting news that I can't really share with you yet, but there are some exciting guests coming on the show in the coming weeks, so please subscribe so you can find out who it is as soon as it happens. And yeah, I will see you very soon. Have fun. I love you. Bye.